Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coming up a little later, uh, my exclusive one-on-one with the new starting quarterback for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, Chandler Fields. That is uh, coming up later in the show. Only one-on-one since being named the starter. You'll hear it here. But right now, I think when I play Jimmy James, that song, I need like a, a, a JR soundbite. By God, that's Ralph Malbro's music because Ralph Malbro from the Saints Happy Hour podcast, a Saints historian and a guy that, um, you know, his liver is, um, I don't know that the liver king would say good things about his liver because it's a lot of alcohol maybe has done some damage to it, but the Saints have driven him to drink at times. Is there anything the Saints training camp where we are right now on the saints calendar ralph is there anything that is driving you to drink maybe a little more than normal as it as it regards to the saints the only thing that's driving me to drink a little more than normal is we got pete werner he's got the groin issue he's on the side working and if you're a saints fan of any length of time you know how this movie goes up to the breaking news tweet Mm -hmm. that he's going to philadelphia to see dr myers yep a mess like I'm worried about Pete Werner. We've we've I've, I've built a prayer circle around Demario Davis. The prayer circle will protect Demario Davis, and we're going to be okay at linebacker. But if you ask me one thing that I'm nervous about and it's driving me to drink at night, it's linebacker. Like that's the thing. So you know, little Michael Thomas injury. That's not bothering you right now. You're not worried about that. No, I mean the thing is with Michael Thomas is. With all the, the injury list from Tuesday was long, right? Dude, talk about it was easier. We, we, we did the daily podcast. It was me, me, easier for me and Andrew to talk about who actually practiced and who didn't. Um, but the thing that you have to remember is they got like twenty, like eight, like nineteen days to Atlanta. The the thing that you don't have to start worrying about all these injuries until you get to game week, and really until you get to Friday, because if you don't practice on Friday, you're not going to play on Sunday. So really, until game week comes around, these injuries don't really matter. And I think I can make an argument, Scott. Not that you want people to get hurt, and you don't want James Hurst to be injured. But I think I can make a case, like, he's a veteran, and if his foot injury is like the Saints, and it's not very serious, I think it's actually the best thing that happened. Because if Hurst is healthy and practicing, you can't take reps away from him to give to Trevor Penning and, and you know, because that's not how it works. But now that Hurst is hurt, like Penning gets all the reps and he needs them. So like, it's really good that he had to play a ton in the first two games. And he's probably going to play a bunch Friday uh, to get ready. And like, and you see it from week one to week two, like Trevor Penning, he improved a ton from his first game to his second. So it's, it's, it's a good thing there. Um, but all the injuries, I just, it's, it's linebacker that I keep coming back to and tight end I worry about a little bit because Taysom got injured the first day and hasn't really been healthy entire camp. And if Taysom can't go and Troutman's apparently injured again, like tight end is looking kind of sad too. So the rumor on Wednesday was uh, Miami's tight end was on the block. Is that right? Did that get you excited, Ralph? It did. Well, you know me. You know me too well, Scott. I love me. I love the transaction. I'm addicted to the transaction. Mike Gusecki. The thing with the Saints, the thing that I think would be difficult there is 
Does a pass catching tight end, like if you're going to give, if you, you probably have to give like a second or a third round pick for Gasecki, and you might have to pay him because he's, he's on the franchise tag. Like, does a pass catching tight end, which he does, and he does it well, does it like really move the Saints over the top? Or do they just need like competence at tight end? You know, like for me, if the Saints were going to go, I don't know what they're, they're practically all in for this year. So I don't know what the word is for going more all in. They're, all in, more all in, I guess. So the thing that I would like him to do, if you're going to get nuts, give the Bears like a third round pick for Roquan Smith and just make linebacker, just make it incredible. Put Roquan Smith next to Demar Davis and just destroy people. And yeah, you might spend a second or a third round pick for a one year rental, but whatever. So like, I don't know, like as exciting as Gasecki would be, like they have so many receivers, Scott, does it really move the needle? Because we know like the reason why Miami is thinking about trading them is because the new offense, they're like, dude, you got to block. And Gusecki's like, that's not what I do, buddy. And so that's why they're thinking of trading him. So I don't necessarily think that he moves the needle for the Saints for as much as he's going to cost to get. Ralph Melbro, our guest, host of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, writer for WWLTV.com, a little TV personality as well once the season gets started. What, 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 give me a player, Ralph. That when they cut to 53, uh, I don't know, in, in, in a week or two, uh, or next week, rather, who, who's going to be the biggest surprise on that list? That's a good question. I think I think it could be received. I think the, the, the surprise could come at receiver. And I don't think they'll cut him because he's a guy fans sort of hate, but the Saints value him more than fans, and the Saints actually value him more than I think other teams would and that's Traquan Smith, because the Saints like him because he, he's been around, he's been there for four years, he knows the system, he can play multiple positions, and if you have a bunch of injuries at wide receiver, you could do a lot worse than Traquan Smith, right? Like, if he would have been healthy for the Saints last year, the receiver would have been so much better, and he's barely asked. A little better. But he's a, but he's a, he's a guy that if you were looking at the, the 53, I, I think you could see him as a, as a surprise guy that could get cut because Marquez Callaway and other guys, especially like Marquez Callaway, he can be an elite gunner, right? So they, he's pretty locked into the roster. So I just think if, if you had to throw a name, he would be the, the one that would come top of mind. Yeah, at some point it's like, okay, your your plateau is higher than where this guy currently is, but we know it's a plateau, and we think this guy's ceiling's higher, so at this point, what are we even doing? Or, or are you saying, look, that guy might have a higher ceiling, but we want to win now, and we think your plateau is better than that at least this year, so we're just going to roll with it. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I know he was one of many that you know missed some practice this week and – and when, when you look at the report of all the guys that are sitting out and you hear, well, it's minor here, it's minor there. I, we're all still kind of getting used to the idea that it's not Sean Payton, that Dennis Allen's talking about injuries. But, you know, he said Jameis Winston's wasn't serious, but he missed 12 days and then he came back and it was seven on sevens and it was 11 on 11s. And I, you know, we might see him tomorrow, might see him in the preseason finale Friday night. We might not. I don't know. I just, I think that while the preseason a lot of the time is meaningless for, you know, some like Cam Jordan. He doesn't need it. He doesn't, you know, Alvin Kamara. They don't need to wear any pads on Mark Ingram. No, like they don't. They don't need to. I don't even care if it's the last preseason right. game. But the fact that Jameis hasn't played since last Halloween, 
and he is coming off of a number of injuries. I, I honestly, Ralph, I hate to say it, but I wouldn't mind if he got like maybe one or two series. Maybe. Like I I I think I think you wanna is it gonna help you big time week one? Many people would say it won't make any difference at all. I think having, you know, Pete Carmichael call plays now and being that he, he hasn't seen, you know, real game action in a long time, I don't mind if we see Jameis for a little while tomorrow night. I, I'm and, and that's coming from me who's usually look, just sit everybody that's worth right. anything. But well, I think I, 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 I do think there are a few players you could make the case for like like this isn't DeMario Davis. He doesn't need to be playing, but and maybe look, maybe it's just I, I can't bear to see four quarters of Ian Book again. Maybe I'm letting that creep into my mind. I don't know what it is, but I don't mind if we see a little bit of Jameis and a little bit of Andy Friday night. Well, I would I would normally agree with you. You know, I'm with you where, you know, it's hey, don't don't play anybody. The upside is it's, there's no upside at all. And I would but I would agree with you here. Play Jameis maybe a series or two. My one caveat is there is no way on God's green earth I'm playing Jameis without James Hurst, without Caesar Ruiz. Right. You don't want him to be a rest ram check. Like you can't play Jameis behind the second offensive line. So that's where I think it gets really dicey for the Saints. Even if they wanted to play Jameis and they're like, you know what? You're right. He needs he needs a series or two. But I could see them being like, we can't do it because we're not putting Jameis behind the second team offensive line. So it's it's a really it's a really dicey thing. The one thing I will say is it's very good that he's back at practice. Like, because like you said, he missed two weeks. If he would have missed this week, that would have been three weeks. And listen, practice in football, it matters. I know as fans, we're like, whatever, just be healthy, be ready to go in game day. That's not how it works. Like, if, if practice didn't matter, teams wouldn't do it all summer. So it matters, and especially a quarterback to get the get, – uh, familiar with wide receivers and, and that sort of thing. So it matters. So I'm glad he's back at practice. Um, but I just, I can't, I can't see him playing anybody Friday. God, I just, I'll be stunned. It's four. You got four more quarters of Ian book. You're just going to have to, you're just going to have to grind through it. Why is, why is he on the team? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I try to say nice things. People got mad at me. They said I was too mean and I was bullying on Twitter. Like the thing about Ian book that I think, Partially with him is un- it's unfair. Is that we saw him in that game on Monday night against Miami, and that was a no-win situation. And we tell ourselves rationally that like you shouldn't count that game; it didn't mean anything. But we saw it, and it was terrible. And he's continued to struggle in the preseason. So like we have this hardened opinion of him that's not fair. I think if he hadn't played that Monday night game, we'd still we'd probably just be like, oh, I ain't both. He's their quarterback. Whatever. But the biggest thing for me, Scott, that I just with him is he has no elite athletic skills. Like he doesn't do anything elite. He can't he can't avoid the rush elite. He doesn't have elite accuracy. He doesn't have an elite arm. And when you don't have those things, and combined with the fact that you struggle to take a snap from center, like I just I just don't know where it goes from here for him. You know. Um, I do think they'll probably keep him. He'll be on the – not be on the roster, but he'll probably be on the practice squad. But here's the thing, Scott, and, and I 100% believe this, and people can say whatever they want about Taysom Hill. I'm not saying Taysom Hill's a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's an average quarterback. But what I am telling you, if the Saints play the third quarterback this year, it's going to be Taysom. Because the thing is with Taysom, we've seen you can win games. It's ugly. It's weird. He runs around. He does crazy stuff. 
But you can win games with him. You can't with Ian Book. So, like, that's why my thing is, like, I'm not going to pound on Ian Book too much because he's kind of irrelevant. Like, if the Saints are playing three quarterbacks, first of all, the season's gone to heck. Right. And the, second the, of all, and second of all, like if they if they're gonna play at their quarterback, it's gonna be Taysom. Like they're just gonna put him back. They're gonna put him back at quarterback, and they're gonna play him. Like that's what it is. So like for that, I just feel like Ian Book. He just they 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 drafted him because they liked his grittiness, his leadership, and all those things. But he just uh, he did he's he just doesn't he took sixty one snaps at Notre Dame under center where he dropped back and threw the ball. Sixty one. Like, I mean, he's he's done more than that in, in, in a few preseason games, and it hadn't looked pretty. I mean, it hadn't been good. So um, he doesn't – he just – he doesn't belong on the team. And you're right. The third-string quarterback may not be on the depth chart at quarterback, but it's the guy that's listed at tight end that's going to be doing a lot of different things. And I've – listen, I, I think – I've always said I think Taysom is one of the best athletes uh, in the league. I think mm-hmm. he is a great weapon. And I think having him at tight end and H-back and, you know, if you run a little RPO with him, I, I'm fine with that. I mean, people would get mad when Sean would do it here and there. I mean, he averaged 5.3 yards a carry out of that formation. He is a weapon. And, and I, I, I like the idea of, okay, we're not calling him a quarterback just because unless, unless you know, a lot of bad things happen, he's not going to play quarterback. But it also almost – and I know that it was almost like – Sean Payton thought he could do it, and Taysom likes the idea because he wants to be quarterback. Maybe he's not ha- happy about it. But at least from a perception standpoint, Ralph, it almost felt like if they had kept QB on the moniker and he was in those meetings, the set of tight end meetings, it's almost like it 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 does a disservice to him because then people become all jaded. No, oh, he's not a good quarterback. It's like just appreciate him for what he is because the things he does well – he does really well. Now, playing quarterback maybe in one of them, but all the other ways that they use him, if if it, the conversation was constantly about quarterback, it then just it, you lose sight of the weapon that he is and, and the fit that he is. And I think I do I don't think you're gonna see, oh well, they're not gonna use Taysom so much. I actually think Pete Carmichael's gonna use him a good bit. Even though they have a lot of weapons, I, one of the betting sites projected him at like seven catches this year for seven. No, no. I mean that's that's free money. Take well, the over there. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be involved in the offense, I believe. Some people think he's just gone. I I, I don't think that's the case. I think no, if he's I, healthy on game day, they, you're going to see Taysom think, Hill in the offense. No, I think they want him to play tight end. He's been injured. That's, a, that's an issue. But here's the thing with Taysom at quarterback. Like, the Taysom power play, it works. Like, and it's, it's borderline unstoppable, you know? I mean, to put it in perspective of how unstoppable – that the Taysom power play is and how the Saints had confidence in it. Remember when they played Tennessee last year and they needed to go for two at the end of the game to tie and the Saints plane lined up in Taysom power and the whole entire world knew he was getting the ball. Tennessee calls timeout because they're like, oh, they're going to run Taysom power. We're going to change it up. The Saints came back out again and were like, we don't even care, Tennessee, that you know it's coming and that you called timeout to get ready for it. We're running it again. We don't even care. But Troutman jumped offside. Our fall started, so they couldn't run it because they were backed up. They wanted the two. But that's like the the confidence and like how valuable a weapon it is. And I'm telling you, when it's third and short, fourth and short, like they're gonna do case. I mean, he's probably gonna run it. What? Like say he runs it twice a 
twice, three times a week. That's three times 17. So that's like 50 plays at quarterback. So you give him like 50 short yardage plays, and then you give him like 25, 30 catches. He scores like five, six touchdowns in the red zone. Like that's a nice season. That's worth what they pay him. So he's still valuable. They need him. They need him to play tight end because we've seen it. Like remember like Chicago game a couple years ago, the COVID year, like, he was unstoppable in the middle of the field against a decent Bears defense. Like, they, they need Taysom to be healthy. That's been my biggest, not pet peeve, but that's been my biggest question with Taysom at tight end. I've never been like, oh, he can't do it. It's not. My question is, like, he's injury prone as a quarterback. Tight end, to me, seems like an even more physical position when you add in the blocking and the hitting and all that. Like, I just worry, like, can his body hold up and – as of now, my, my concerns are valid because he, he hasn't made it really through training camp healthy. But uh, if he can somehow turn the page and be healthy, he's going to be a weapon. He's going to contribute to the thing. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Ralph Malbro will um, hit on the, I guess, what he thinks has been the, the, the most pleasant surprise of camp in the preseason. And will it even matter when the regular season rolls around we'll get his thoughts on that next plus the comments Jameis Winston made yesterday was he just playing Homer and talking his team up or was there some validity to it I'll explain don't go anywhere the great Scott show continues right after this welcome back into the great Scott show ESPN Lafayette the best ticket in sports want to remind you guys about the uh, Ultimate tailgate, Raging Cajun football homecoming against South Alabama. It's early this year, October the 1st. We're giving away the ultimate tailgate, Fizo's Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar. All right? We're teaming up with them. We're teaming up with UL Athletics, and we're giving it away. One lucky winner is going to have the prime tailgating spot near the band at Cajun Field, the day of homecoming, and we're going to provide the tent, the tables, the chairs. You're going to have a wait staff. Fizos is going to cook all of the delicious food for you and 49 of your friends. They're going to provide soft drinks and water. They're going to take care of you, give you the best tailgate out of Cajun Field, and you're going to get 50 tickets to the game. But you can't win it if you don't sign up and try to win it. It's simple. Head to the ESPN Lafayette app, click on uh, Tailgate for 50, or ESPNLafayette.com, click on the What's Hot Bar. Very simple. You can find it. Make it happen. All right. Ralph Malbro from the Saints Happy Hour podcast, friend of the program, friend of mine, on with us for a few more minutes. And, uh, Ralph, uh, who who in your mind, or maybe what in your mind, to this point, Saints finish up their preseason tomorrow, and, and we'll wrap camp soon after that. But what has been the, the most pleasant surprise to you of Saints training camp on a, on a you know, I say pleasant because on the positive note, I know we talked about Ian Book and some bad things, but on the on the other side, what's been the most positive for you? Well, two things. I'll start with the, what we're not talking about. We're not talking about Caesar Lee, right? He's been the bane of fans' existence for two years. They haven't really talked about him except for the play where he accidentally tackled Tony Jones Jr. in Green Bay. But besides that, he's had a really quiet camp, and he's kind of put it together. Doug Marone, Jack Street apparently are very pleased with where he is. I think that's a great sign because he was one of the big question marks, right? It was like – and Pete has come back healthy. You saw it at the goal line. Like they had a couple third and one plays in those first couple games. I know fans get on Pete, but the thing about Pete is he's power, man. And and when you're down at the goal line 
and you need a touchdown on third and one, or that's the kind of play like Pete, when it's not technique and it's not any, you know, finesse, it's just, I'm going to move this dude and we're going to get this first down and we're going to get this touchdown. Like Pete's really good at that, but he's a guy, he is not like Armstead could play well when he was injured. Pete cannot. So that to me is the big, the biggest pleasant or most pleasant surprise on offense. Overall, though, Adebo, Scott, if he becomes a top 25 corner, this defense is going to destroy quarterbacks' worlds. Because now you got Lattimore, you got CD in the slot, and if you add a top 25 corner to what they already have, even if Matt uh, Honey Badger and Marcus May are not quite as good or consistent as what they had at safety with Jenkins and Marcus Williams, this defense is going to rock. Like those to me are the two biggest things from camp that are the positives for the Saints that will really make a difference in 2022, besides the normal caveats of they need to be healthy and all that. All right. On that note, what about Jameis Winston? I mean, he comes out yesterday, he says it's the most talented roster he's ever been on. Now, Jameis does strike me as a guy that probably has said that about every team he's ever played for. It just right. seems like his like Jameis is not the kind of and whether it's true or not, he also seems like a guy that will always believe that. That's um, right. So this isn't so much about is Jameis just you know is he lying? No, Jameis, Jameis believes whatever he says. My question is: Is it is it the most talented roster he's ever been on? I mean, it's probably close. I mean, you know, he, he had some really, really good offenses. And that's my, the thing with people that say he was, you know, Tampa was a bad situation. And it's always, you know, the, 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 the Jameis Colt, they always blame the coach or the, the coordinator or the defense or whatever. They've had, Tampa had a couple of rosters that were really good, especially on offense. But I'm going to tell you, like, they're in a roster that he's had that's close to this. And the thing about Jameis is, the thing that I like most about him and that he makes him fun to root for is he's very self-aware. I think he understands, Scott, that, like, this is it for him. Like, and it's sort of unfair in a way in that, like, if he gets injured again, he's never going to be – he's never going to have a chance to be the guy, to be the franchise guy like he does now because the Saints will be like, look, dude, we got to move on from you. You've been injured two years in a row. We can't, we can't, we can't trust you to be healthy. And that's unfair, right? But that's just the way that's just the way of the world in the NFL. And I think he knows it. Like he's got to perform this year at a high level. He's got to be healthy. And if he does, I think the Saints next summer will commit to him. Like I'm not saying they'll make him a top five quarterback or even top ten, but I think there's a chance. Like if the Saints are as good as as I think they can be, and they win ten, eleven games, maybe maybe it's even a little bit better. They get a couple breaks. They win the South, like. Next summer, Scott, they're going to commit to him, and we're going to see like the Adam Schefter breaking news sheet. The Saints paid Jameis like five years, one hundred seventy million dollars, and like he's going to be the quarterback. Like, but this is it for him. Like, if it doesn't happen with the Saints, he's this year he's going to be like the Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of bridge guy, where teams will bring him in to start, but it'll always be just until the rookie's up to speed or until we can find somebody better. Yeah, so, I mean, Fitzpatrick's an interesting comp because he, um, they're, they're actually, I mean, even though he actually took Jameis' job once, 
there are some similarities in that, you know, risk takers, talented, can play you into games, can play you out of games, never know what to expect. Now, that's not the Jameis we saw last year for eight games, mm-hmm. right? Or eight and a half games, seven and a half, whatever it was. But that's him prior to last year. And there's just, I know a lot of people have opinions. Well, it was Sean Payton and he was he was thinking too much or it was a different offense or it was based on this. And now it's different and it's Pete Carmichael. The thing is, we just don't know. Like, we don't. We know that you know the arm strength, right? You know you can do some things differently. But we don't know exactly how different the play calling is going to be, if at all. You don't know that we, – we don't know if he was just hesitant because the receivers weren't great or because Sean was constantly in his ear about turning it over or what. We just we, – we, we can act like we do or we can make assumptions. We have no idea. It seems like, Ralph, the overwhelming majority that follow the team say – you know, you, you want the balance. Well, you want them to sling it more, but cut back on the turnovers. But take more shots than you did last year. And it's like the, the hope for Saints fans is that it, can, it, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other, that it can be that perfect medium. But I think for Jameis, look, I, I, think, I think there are going to be some weeks where he, where he does drive us crazy. And I think there are going to be other weeks where, you know, he becomes uh, the golden child of Twitter and everyone laughs and loves and thinks he's amazing and funny and all that other stuff. Like, I, I'm expecting not like you're a roller coaster at Bush Gardens that's like flying everywhere, but kind of the like, you know what? You got to be like five feet tall. You can't be a little kid, but you don't have to be like an adult or four and a half feet, right? That's It's going to be kind of one yeah. of those kind of roller coasters this year for Jameis. That's that's my metaphor. That's my anticipation for him. That's my final question for you. What is your realistic expectation? All jokes aside, because I know you love to make jokes on Twitter about Jameis, you know, going into the Hall of Fame, but what's he going to do in 2022? Well, this is my thing with Jameis, is people, people the, the, the Jameis expectations on St. Twitter are kind of ridiculous because of many things we won't go into, but they have people that pump up and they veto and they edit his hot statistics, and they say he's already a top five quarterback, quarterback, which is nonsense. The thing with Jameis is I believe he's probably going to be, have his best season he's ever going to have in his career, but he's going to be like the 12th best quarterback in the NFL, and that's okay. Like, if he's like the 12th best quarterback, the Saints are going to win 10 games, and they're going to make the playoffs, and that's going to be fun, and, and that proves He's a dude that you can win with if you build everything around him, right? Um, you know, the, the thing with Jameis that got – I knew the, the expectations for Jameis got totally insane when me and you did a spaces one, one night on Twitter, and I was like, if he can be Ryan Tannehill for the Tennessee Titans in, in 2019 and 2020, we're having a parade in February, and people lost their minds. They were like, how can you compare him to Ryan Tannehill? He's, he's, no, he's so much better than Ryan Tannehill. I'm like, do you realize how good Ryan Tannehill was in 2019 and 2020? He had one season where he combined, when you add his touchdown passes and touchdown runs, he had over 40 touchdowns. Like, you give me that, Jameis, we are having a parade. And he also like, had a strong, you know, a strong running game and, and one right. of those two years a strong defense. The defense wasn't as good in 2020, but it was also your point of, uh, touchdowns, not a lot of mistakes, not gaudy numbers. You're not throwing for over five thousand, but you're 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 accumulating a lot of scores, and you're leaning on the strong areas of your roster. And that's it's a thing. Jameis doesn't have to go out and win a bunch of games and this year. James, he just has to not lose. You know, Sean, 
Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they didn't, it's weird, but they didn't run a lot of play action. The Saints, I was look, looking on Twitter, somebody, Nate Tice, was doing a film analytic breakdown, and he was breaking down the Saints, and he was, he was giggling because he's like, the Saints want to run this, this concept where they run play action and they run the sale concept, and the receivers are so bad. Like, Jameis is not even considering throwing it deep because the receivers are so bad. And he's like, that's going to be different. And I'm just like, can you imagine this play where the receiver was Kenny Stills, but now you got Chris Olave trying to do that. Like, it's just going to be a different world. And I just think the main thing with Jameis is if you have the right expectations, it can be really fun. Like you said, roller coasters, Scott, are fun, right? If you have the right expectations. If you just have the expectations, Jameis is going to be slightly above average. Hopefully he won't turn the ball over a ton. And the Saints are going to be really fun and cool and win a bunch of games. You'll, be, you'll really like 2022, and you'll really enjoy it. But if you're expecting, like, Jameis to throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns and 10 picks and be this, like, top five quarterback with, like, 110 rating. You're setting yourself gonna, up for disappointment. You're going to be sad yeah. every single week. Yeah. Like, embrace him for what he is. Like, he does a lot of great things. He's a great leader. He's fun. He's, like we said, he's, he's a blast to root for. I just think, fans, if you have the right expectations for Jameis, your 2022 season is going to be fun. But if you have these outsized expectations, I think it's going to be bumpy. Now, listen, if he's great and he's top five, come at me, blast me, tell me I was wrong, like, whatever. But, like, I think Jameis is going to be good. And the thing is, he's got final thing on this. Jameis, his goofiness is fun, but I believe at the end of Tampa and with the Saints a little, he kind of tampered it down because I think he knows that, like, if you're a quarterback, you have to be a serious leader. And, and he knows kind of, I can't really be myself, but if the Saints win, I think we get full-on, happy, fun, goofy Jameis. And, Scott, I cannot tell you how excited I am for, like, Jameis to be talking about eating the W and doing all his goofball things when the Saints are like 10 and 2. Like, that would be amazing. Like, I'm here for it. I'm here for, I'm here for Goofy Jameis leading the Super Bowl parade in February. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not predicting 10 and 2 or a Super Bowl, but I might, uh, I, I sure as hell will dream about it. I sure as hell will root for it. And that would be a lot of fun. And Jameis never lacks confidence. I feel a lot better. I've been getting better every single day. Like, Felt good to really be able to, yesterday I, I could run a little bit more and move around a little bit more because that's part of my game, you know, so I, I'm getting better every day. A healthy Jameis is obviously key. Ralph Malbro has been our guest at Saints Forecast on Twitter. If you're not following or listening to or subscribing to the Saints Happy Hour podcast, you're missing out on a ton of fun and a, just unlimited great Saints content. Uh, Ralph and Juge and Kevin and uh, you know, I think everyone has struggle, you know, struggles listening to Dave, but they all do a great show, and uh, it's always a lot of fun. Ralph, as always, my friend, I appreciate you taking the time. And I'm I'm at that point now, man, where like, right. I, training camp starts, and I start getting excited. But I mean, we're just I'm 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 sick of I'm sick of camp. I'm sick of the preseason. I need real football. And and I know we have week zero in college football this week, and there's a dozen games that are all going to be terrible. That's not going to cut it for me. 
I need that first week one of college football and I need I need I need I just need I need the 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 Rams Bills game on that Thursday. I need this. I just need real football, man. It's it's I'm I'm reaching a breaking point, once man. We make the, once we make the turn and we get to next Monday and we make the turn, then we're focused on La- Lafayette. We're focused on LSU Florida State in the dome. Like, what well, we just got to get to next Monday, Scott. That's when football. That to me, that's when football season starts. Next Monday, not this Saturday. This week zero is nonsense. Next, we got we got another. What is it? Five, five days. When we get to next Monday morning. It's football season. Ralph Malbro's been our guest. Follow him on all the social media, uh, especially on Twitter. Great stuff there. Ralph, appreciate the time, my friend. All right, anytime, Scott. Talk to you soon. Stay tuned. Some Jameis Winston sound from yesterday. More sound from Saints camp, and then. Well, uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, my exclusive one-on-one with Louisiana Raging Cajun starting quarterback Chandler Fields. Open phone lines after that at 337-269-1077. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show on a Thursday. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.